Welcome to the Real Deal Leadership Podcast, where we inspire you and those you lead to achieve success beyond anything you've ever imagined. I'm your host, Greg Corrali, and I want to thank you for joining me. So you say you want that promotion. Feel like you've earned it? Want to know the singular, most fundamental thing you can do to land it? Well, here it is. It's three words. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Do your job. Wow. Insightful, isn't it? And should be true, shouldn't it? I say shouldn't it, implying that it may not always be the case. And you'd be right. As we've all seen in the workplace, and maybe probably too many times to mention, is people getting promoted for the wrong reasons. Based on who they know, not what they know, as they say. Or maybe it's not totally based on who they know, but certainly that may have helped. Or maybe it's the Peter Principle, you know, promoting someone to their level of incompetence. Or maybe it's a totally political hire or promotion, although very few will ever admit to that. Or maybe it's one of my favorites, promoting someone to a leadership role based solely on their technical competence. Look, getting promoted because you've done your current job really well, it's not the only way, but it's core and in all likelihood, the best way. Now, I'm someone who believes in competence before all else, in that you need to be competent at a minimum and an excellent performer at the other end of the scale in order to be promotable. Then it's simply a matter of need, timing, and specific skills and abilities. Look, one thing for sure, if you get the promotion for any other reason than competence and performance, you're going to be water cooler talk. You will lose respect because there will be a perception that you didn't earn it. And that's hard to shake. You want to put yourself in a position such that when the promotion happens, almost everyone, and I say almost because Look, some people will never like you for all kinds of reasons. Almost everyone will say either out loud or to themselves, this is what you want them to say. Oh, for sure. That makes sense. She or he earned it. They deserve it. I would follow them anywhere. Okay. So how do you do that? A few months back, Indra Nui, former CEO of PepsiCo, she did a short piece on LinkedIn It was about aspirations and what it takes to become CEO. It's to the point and insightful, and you should check it out. I'll put the link in my blog that I put out on this topic. And I think it applies more generally to getting promoted at any level. She talks about being ethical as a given and then focusing not so much on the next job and beyond, but on doing the current job really well. I couldn't agree more. I've been saying this for years. I think it's this simple. If you can't perform your current job well, then why on earth would I promote you to a higher level job? Learn, grow, and perform in your current role, and people will notice you and your leadership abilities and capabilities. This is how you get on the hypo list. What, what's that? The You don't know what the hypo list is? The high potential list, meaning you have the potential 
to do more, to perform at a higher level. Yes, most corporations have these. I will tell you that I've watched people for years constantly clamoring for the next job, gossiping, berating others, touting their own abilities, essentially playing the victim role, lamenting their colleagues who received the promotion over them. While they should have been more focused on doing their own job, asses and elbows, as they say, making things happen. Now, those that put their all into the current job, the ones who were engaged, visible, leading in the trenches, proactive, working on their development needs, turning around poorly performing units, achieving things never achieved before. Makes sense when they get promoted, right? I mean, they've earned it, didn't they? Look, Indra also speaks about being a good communicator. This is valuable at any level, but certainly becomes increasingly important if you have executive and beyond aspirations. Now, as you may have heard in both of my first two podcasts, because I mentioned this before, as well as in a couple of blogs that I've recently written, communication in and of itself is the key. It's not a key, but it's the key to being successful in almost everything you do in both your personal and professional lives. And look, it was the best career advice I was ever given. That person told me, it was a college undergraduate uh, professor, if you can communicate your thoughts, ideas, recommendations, both orally and through the written word, if you can do that really well, people will listen to you. They will be inspired by you. It was great advice. I mean, let me ask you, aren't you mesmerized by awesome public speakers? Almost hanging on every word they utter? Can you put a book down, fiction or nonfiction? that is written really well and is just captivating you. Now, this doesn't mean that inarticulate people or poor communicators don't achieve CEO roles or higher level positions, as we've seen many have. However, whom would you rather follow? Who inspires you? Whom do you think has a better chance of achieving a lofty vision or goal? The one who lays it out with vivid descriptors and Makes you want to take up the cause with a fervor like you've never seen before. Or the one who fumbles around to find a coherent sentence. Indra also mentions that leadership courage is sorely lacking today. Woohoo! I've talked about leadership courage in some past blogs and I will continue to do so because without it, you will not achieve your aspirations. Taking risks in terms of new assignments a perspective that's contrary on a particular topic, or just plain different than what the rest of the group is thinking and saying, that will demonstrate your willingness to stand up for what you believe in. Based on data and thoughtful analysis, of course. And as you know, no risk, no reward. Look, sometimes the way to get noticed will be to take that undesirable assignment and make lemonade out of lemons, as they say, Or in other words, kick ass with the project and surprise everyone. Demonstrating that you have even more capabilities than they thought before they put you in that job. Lastly, Indra talks about a hip pocket skill. So what's your hip pocket skill? You know, the one that people know you for. The one they talk about in groups without you in the room. 
It's that specific expertise or passion that you have that comes out in almost every assignment or job that you've had. Wait, they're they're not talking about you? Well, then how are you going to get that promotion? What is your competitive advantage? The thing that makes you stand out when compared to others. Now, I was fortunate in my career to have several strength and character building opportunities presented to me. And certainly that's how they were presented to me. But in the end, they all made me a better leader and manager. I took the advice of that college professor and my first manager, and I worked on my communication skills, specifically public speaking, and I learned to love it. And it helped my career immensely. But more than anything, however, my hip pocket skill, it was execution. I became known as a fixer. If there was a major problem in the company or an issue, I got the assignment. If there was a poorly performing department or location, they assigned me. I watched others over the years who were great at execution. That's where I learned. And I developed a real discipline for cleaning up messes, for getting things done, for being action-oriented. Most people, they love an action-oriented leader. I was promoted several times during my career, and I will tell you that I worked damn hard and long hours to put myself in the best position to do so. Now, I also took some pretty big risks, too, including moving my family three times across the country to take advantage of opportunities when I felt that I kind of had exhausted opportunities within my current company. Now, I'd be a fool not to tell you that in addition to focusing on several of these specific topics discussed already, that a certain amount of political savvy is necessary, right, to navigate the corporate ranks, especially at the higher levels. I was told that I had a strong executive presence, and that certainly helped me, but I made plenty of mistakes along the way. And at times, they co- that cost me promotions, and it resulted in me leaving for other opportunities. I happen to wear my emotions on my sleeve, and I'm outspoken, even when I disagree with the boss. I mean, what can I say? I'm from Jersey. Look, whenever I felt that my values didn't align without the company and or my boss any longer, I knew it was time to leave. I did it four times. So look, you want that promotion and eventually you want that C-suite position, maybe even the CEO's job. Contrary to the instant gratification crowd and the belief that somehow you're going to be an executive in a few years and the CEO in 10 Becoming a great leader, a respected and effective one, with a reputation for achieving the results that the company expects repeatedly, it takes time. Don't fool yourself. Now look, some will achieve it faster than others. There's no doubt about it. And you, you may be part of that cadre of leaders, exceptional leaders. And look, some will never achieve it for all kinds of reasons. All right, let me bring it all together here for you. In terms of the issues I've just discussed, plus a few more, I want to set you up for and increase the probability of your success, which in this case means you getting promoted and moving up the corporate ladder. Now, this list isn't exhaustive, but I would say these are the half a dozen fundamental things you need to do well to get that promotion and begin your ascent. 
Number one, be ethical and trustworthy. Look, people are going to figure out right away if you're a liar and a cheat. Someone who doesn't do what they say and can't be trusted. So keep your word. Make commitments and deliver on them over and over again. Credibility is the key in the workplace, and you won't have any if you can't keep your commitments. And this, by the way, it's just a condition just to play. So tell the truth, be professional and courteous, and follow through for people and the company. When you do, coworkers and the company will know that they can always trust you to do the right thing and to follow through. Number two, do your job. Do your current job really, really well. And the next one after that and after that, etc. Build a reputation for delivering the goods in every role, leaving things better than you found them, and developing new capabilities. Look, doing your job, it entails many things, including achieving goals, delivering for the company, building and developing your team, working well with others, and lots more. It does. So I don't want to make this sound oversimplistic, but suffice it to say that you should work towards conquering, maybe even mastering, those major components of your role. And that means it's important to know what your job is and to get clear on that with your boss. Number three, develop your communication skills. Hey, have you heard this one before? I've talked about it plenty. If you want to ascend the corporate ladder, then that means you will be most likely leading thousands of people. Do you want to inspire them, help them, listen to them, or bore them to tears? Do you want them to follow you into the fire or sit on the sidelines until someone worth following comes along? You can be great at many aspects of your job, but if you open your mouth and nothing comes out, or you have verbal diarrhea, you're most likely not going anywhere. If you can't produce a coherent email, let alone a business case, it's going to be noticed, I'm telling you. So do yourself a favor. Work on developing your written communication skills and your public speaking skills. Both are important. And when you do them well, people will take notice. Read lots of business material, company documents, external business news also. It's going to influence your style of writing. Join a speaking club, either internally or externally, and practice, practice, practice public speaking. Take a training class in both, in fact. All right, number four, strengthen and develop your leadership courage. I don't think you can actually move up in an organization without it. You have to do your homework. You got to study the issues, be proactive, take a stand, make a commitment, and then execute. Nothing breeds success like success. So the more you commit and execute, the more confidence you'll have to up your game next time around. This will undoubtedly lead to overcommitting at times and taking risks. And guess what? You're not always going to be right. But that's going to give you an opportunity to demonstrate some humility. When you acknowledge a mistake or an oversight, yes, it's important to do that today as a leader. Then you can course correct through accepting feedback from others. This makes you more human. Okay, number five, develop your competitive advantage. Develop and hone 
an area of expertise or two. Turn them into your hip pocket skills, as Indra Nui would say. You know, what you're known for, your competitive advantage. I would suggest pick a technical area that interests and speaks to you. And then pick a managerial or leadership skill, such as execution, communication, you know, some of the ones I've talked about already. Learn all about them. Take on assignments that make it easy for you to practice them. You're not going to become an expert overnight, but you will develop expertise over months and years. And when that promotional opportunity opens up, you'll have made it easy for the deciders to choose you over your peers and any outside competitors. All right, last one. Number six, be a collaborative team player. I love this one. There's a couple sides to this coin. Look, you need to play well with others at a minimum. You need to be seen as an effective team member that, you know, in addition to leading your team, you can help others and you offer support when it's needed. All right, so so quick story here. A peer of mine many years back, he told me after a couple of months on the job when I joined this new department and location, he came to me and said, you're making me and your fellow departments here look bad. Referencing, you know, some of the new practices that I was putting in place, including specifically some new employee recognition programs. I told him that maybe he and the rest of my peers should employ what I'm doing and then they wouldn't look so bad. Look, remember, misery loves company and you're going to have lots of naysayers and detractors along the way, including those that told me I was making them look bad and not being a team player. Why? Because I was trying to do my job to the best of my ability and they weren't? Well, isn't that too damn bad? Get off your butt and do something. That's a wrap, folks, of this episode of The Real Deal. But don't go away just yet. Please subscribe to The Real Deal with Greg Corrali through the Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Google podcast directories. or at gregcorrali.com. And please tell others in your network to do the same in order to receive automatic notifications of new episodes. Feel free to provide a rating and leave a review. As we all know, feedback is a gift, and sometimes we simply can't see what others can. Also, please feel free to suggest relevant topics that you or a colleague are dealing with in the workplace. I'd love to address these either through my leadership blog or as a future podcast episode. So until next time, challenge everything, set the bar incredibly high, and execute relentlessly.